ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino. Here now are The Killer Bees, Jeremy Branham and Paul Gallant. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. What a big town. Hey, how you doing? A little better than yesterday. Still poor. I didn't step <laughs> over Spencer Tillman this time, at least. Yeah, you uh, you got the snap off in time. There yes. wasn't a false start there. No so false that's start. good. The cadence, I feel, is a little bit off. Okay. Like the range, you're like kind of peaking at the wrong time. I feel great. Pause. What up, H-Town? Hey, how you doing? How seven one three seven eight two. I don't. I refuse to do you that lousy do thing. <laughs> lousy thing. I'm just thing. kidding. I kid. I kid. Or do I? You go away from your <laughs> your work wife for two days, and now all of a sudden it's kind of you kind of have to have like a build up at like the WH at the beginning. Like, what up, H-Town? Uh, hey, how you doing? So like uh, to pour one out for the I don't think he works in Houston anymore to pull a John Paul Stevenson. Be a lot of different people. Oh, he the, does work in Houston. Is he back there? He's, he's the PA guy at uh, the Fertitta Center. He I, does all Houston Cougar basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah, JP's great. Because I remember he was with the Rockets, and I think he went to Memphis he for did. a little bit, and then he, had he came a, back. Yeah, he did. He shout did. out. Shout out to our guy, John Paul Stevenson. Yeah, he's the voice of the Fertitta Center. Hell JP, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's, he's fantastic. Awesome. I, I love JP. Uh, great Paul's what up, H-Town. Hey, how we doing? <laughs> Seven one three. These usually get poor grades, no matter what. If like they're really good, they usually get poor grades. If they're bad, they usually get poor grades. What do they grade Joel? Poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Boom roasted. I'm kidding. Uh, Paul, we were talking about this yesterday over a little bit of a steak dinner. That you know, the Astros have had some struggles the last two days. You, you get yes. Beat, you get beat seventeen to one. That's a that's a bit of a struggle. That's a slap in the face, as Martin Maldonado would say. Uh, the the game before that, you lost an extra inning game, a winnable game, a Correct. winnable game. So you split a series against Boston after you win the first two, where you want to take three of four, and you're in the thick of a playoff race right mm-hmm. now. Rangers lost yesterday, that's great. Blue Jays lost yesterday, that's great. Seattle didn't play, so maybe it kind of takes off the sting a little bit. But you you showed this to us. <laughs> I saw and this. I've, text. I've actually I've actually I think this was the first time you've seen it. Maybe like it the, was. The, the logic that it's a good thing. If the Astros miss the playoffs, there's yes. there's some spin zone going on between from Astros fans. and this isn't like you. That was the first time I think you saw it. I've seen this multiple times. I've seen this on Astros Twitter. I've seen it from like you know, you know the the guys from their parents' basement. Like I've seen this. There is a spin zone going on right now that it would be a positive in the long term interest of the Houston Astros if they missed the playoffs entirely. It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, Jeremy. When I saw it last night, we, we were out at a, a nice steak dinner at uh, Cleaver's, which was my awesome. Spot. <laughs> it was so good. Good recommendation by you. And I just go on Twitter for a second, and I see this person essentially outlining a manifesto yeah. as to why it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the Astros missed the playoffs. And I just thought to myself, this Do is. Do you know the- who said that, by the way? Who? I'm pretty sure, like, your screen grab was not, like, I couldn't see the full name. Right. But I'm pretty sure that screen grab was from the PA at NRG. I'm pretty sure there was this that is, guy. This is okay. Pretty sure. Listen, I, I know not all of us have high standards like me. <laughs> you know. You got a high bar, Paul. Right. Like, I called that uh, terrorist Tiffany Gomez of Dallas Five yesterday. I'm of the belief that, like, to call a quarterback like Drew Brees a legend is ridiculous and an insult to Tom Brady. I have a high standard. 
I can tell. Yeah, I can if tell. If you're an Astros fan and that is something that has even crossed your mind, walk to the nearest hard thing and hit your head against it. We need to be resilient in these struggles. Uh-huh. And I don't – this idea that it's a good thing to miss the playoffs – or not win the division when you're in the midst of the greatest run in Houston sports history. This is never <laughs> going to happen again. This is incredible what they're doing. It's embarrassing. And it goes back to something that I thought we had flushed down the toilet, Jeremy, which is this idea that Houston, as a sports town, you always expect the worst. Oilers leave yeah. town. There's a, there's a lot of disasters. Houston sports battered fan syndrome for sure. Right. This is the one thing that we have right now that should allow us at least temporarily to put it in the rearview mirror. And I saw that tweet yesterday, Jeremy, and I don't even want to give that person any publicity. No one should be thinking like this. I've, uh, I've seen this quite a bit. I, I, I'm with you. I think this is ridiculous to have that sort of logic. And I, I, Honestly, I think it's kind of like a coping mechanism for them in case the Astros do miss the playoffs. Because, look, you called it the greatest run in Houston sports history. It is. Like, if you look at the, the three majors specifically, if you look at the three majors specifically, this is the greatest run that Houston right. has ever had. The Two Rockets World Series titles. Back-to-back titles. Like, I mean, you, Houston, some people throw the comments in there, Dynamo in, the in there. Yeah. But if you're going three major pro sports, the Houston Astros run is by far the greatest run in Houston sports. Two mm-hmm. World Series titles, six straight AC- ALCSs. You've been to four World Series. And, look, I don't know how you feel about this, Paul. We don't work together every day. I think the world's. I think the Astros are capable of winning a World Series as currently constructed. Do I do they too. have things to figure out? Yeah. yeah. Does the starting pitching need to get a little bit better? Yeah. But when you have a Justin Verlander, a Framber Valdez, when you have the bullpen that you do, when you have the names in this lineup, the Astros are capable of getting hot and winning a title. So if you're capable of winning a title, how are you okay with the team missing the playoffs entirely? It's a great point, and I have said the same thing before. We like to blame Dusty Baker. We like to blame the lineup. We like to blame a lot of things for maybe a year that, compared to last season, of course, is an underachieving season. You already have as many losses as you had last year. But they are capable. I don't know if you can call it an underachieving season yet. Like, underachieving to this point, sure. But if you're like the Phillies, and even if you're like the second wild card in the American League, but you run the gauntlet of the postseason and win a title, you can't. obviously you can't call it underachieving. To this point, I'll give you that. To this point of the year. And compared to last year. Because last year you were awesome. I mean, you ran away with the American League, not just the American League West. So compared to last year, definitely different. But, I mean, we know that the players on this roster are capable of more. It's just a matter of are you going to get down the stretch Alex Bregman going on the same kind of tear that we've seen from Kyle Tucker, from Jose Altuve of late, uh, from Chaz McCormick, from Yiner Diaz. Are those guys going to be able to keep up what they're doing, which is the other question I have. We obviously saw the other shoe drop for J.P. France, at yes. least momentarily. I've been waiting for that for a while. I, I think it was realistic to expect that at some point. Right. I really do. Right. I really do. Because, I mean, he's a – do we think J.P. France is an ERA leader in the American League? No. Like, it sorry, but no. He's closer to being Jose Arquiti than he is Justin yeah. Verlander. Yeah. Let's be very realistic with who <laughs> J.P. France is. He just got into the major leagues. It's a great story. It's a great story. I think he's I think he's a capable big leaguer. I think he's capable to be in a starting rotation for a playoff contender. Do I expect him to be in the top half of the rotation of a playoff contender? No, I don't because I'm realistic. Now, well, here here's what some of these people would say, Paul, that it's good if the Astros miss the postseason. 713-780-ESPN if you're one of those people. 713-780-3776, the HRMP listener line. Here's some of the logic that I kind of dug up from those. The first one is the starting pitchers are taxed. 
So in the long-term interest of the Houston Astros, it's good if Romber Valdez. It's good if Christian Javier. It's good if Hunter Brown, J.P. France, Justin Verlater, who's under club control next year. It's good if those guys have an extra three weeks of the offseason. Doesn't it make you feel like such an old person? And I, and not knocking, not knocking a, little, bit, a little boomer. Not knocking boomers. I, I'm, I'm glad. Sounds like you're knocking. I, boomers I know. A I, bit. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that boomers exist because there is one thing with baseball. Would that we drives be me here crazy. if boomers didn't? Well, yeah, I'm very happy they exist as well. Houses might be a little more affordable, but, <laughs> but uh, as far as that mindset, like. These guys all used to pitch a ton. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing guys like last year, I remember Justin Verlander's in the midst of either a no-hitter or a perfect game against the Orioles. I was at the game, and they took him out. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? I want to watch I want to watch a chance at history. But, okay, they're, they're managing things like that. And it's not like it's just Dusty Baker doing that. That's all of baseball. It's baseball. Come on, th- yeah. this is th- this idea that you need to have rest or something like that. Th- this isn't LeBron James going to the finals every single season and then playing for Team USA every single summer. And even then, that's that's crazy. We, we've gotten to this point where like we're like, ooh, an athlete that's paid hundreds of millions of dollars Needs a little bit of off time, even though they have four effing months off during the offseason. Come on. Here's here's my pushback on that, too. It's like, okay, like, I'll hear you on that. Th- these pitchers are working, you know, a workload that they're not accustomed to. Verlander aside, Verlander's used to this. Fromber in this two, three, four-year stretch has been a bulldog that's been leading the American League in innings pitch amongst the leaders. Okay, that's fair. Christian Javier, back-to-back seasons, more innings than he's ever had in his career. Okay, th- that's fair. Hunter Brown, more innings than he's ever had in his career. Okay. J.P. France, more innings than he's ever had in his career. Okay. But do you know when you get those guys rest? In May and June of 2024. Not in the <laughs> yeah. not in the stretch drive of 2023 and potential postseason of 2023. Do you want to see Fromber Valdez be innings limited? Do you want to see J.P. France and Hunter Brown be innings limited when you're in the thick of a playoff? The Astros are in the playoffs today. The Astros are currently a playoff yeah. team. They're one and a half games up today, and it's good if they miss the playoffs. Like when you like, I'll, I'll listen to they are taxed. I get it. They've worked a lot of innings, but what do you? How do you try to like pull back on that a little bit? Isn't in the stretch drive. It's 2024 exactly. in May, in June, in July. Yeah. It's not now. It's not right now. Yeah. It's ludicrous to think that it's right now. The other one, this one, just I find hilarious, and I think it's. I think you're going to get a kick out of this one as well. Okay, hit me. The mental toll of playing high stress games. <laughs> the mental toll of playing it's, high stress games. It's so 2023. I knew you were going to say we're th- that. We're thinking of <laughs> mental health at all times, and, and we've we've. We've gone too far. And look, I mean, we all we all deal with it on our own. Like, I've had bouts with depression. I've taken antidepressants before. Like, whatever. You know, didn't really work for me. So go back to normal stuff. But everyone has to live their life. So how do you handle it now? Booze and drugs or? Uh, just booze. <laughs> I, would, I, would ne- I would never do a drug in my life. I've never never done any of that. Um, no, I, I feel like we we put we put this big onus on mental health. And it's like. Yo, you're making hundreds of million dollars to play baseball. Yeah. I, I feel like, yes, perspective, if you're in that situation, yeah, sure, you're under a lot of pressure, and if you stink, you stink. You're still making hundreds of million dollars to play a child's game. Do you think Justin Verlander is feeling the tolls of the mental pressure of pitching in the postseason? <laughs> Do you think Jose Altuve is battling the depression of October baseball? <laughs> like, what? what is this take? Like, and I, I, I get that with where we are in society these days, and I'm, I'm with you. Mental health is very, very important. It's important. But it's a it, millionaires playing but a children's game. And I think, honestly, here's, here's a hot take. 
I think the fans care way more about postseason baseball than the players do. Uh, they want to win. They absolutely want to win. But when their season's over and they're going to vacation wherever they vacation is, like at, do, do you think that they really care as much as the fans do? I, I personally don't. I, I, they're competitors. They absolutely want to win. But the grind of the season being over is like a real thing. And that is something that you celebrate and you vacation after it. I think some do and some don't. I think it varies player to player. Um, but I, I, I feel like, yeah, there, there's a lot of weirdness being put out there. Uh, what percentage of the fan base do you feel like is this? Because 5%. To a, to a degree, I, I think it's very, very small. To a degree, it's a straw argument. But I saw that and when you said that you've seen other people. I have. I've, it's that, more than one I've seen. That, yeah. a, that actually shocked me. I, guys, we're better than this. We are better than this. And and I, I anyone who is even remotely defeatist, if you know someone who's being defeatist about the Houston Astros right now, call them. They need help. <laughs> one of the, I want to get to the last point on this, too, because it's the sacrifice of Dusty Baker. People are willing to sacrifice missing the playoffs this season for Dusty Baker. Let's discuss that on the other side. Also, Paul wants to, uh, to hold our very own Astros team meeting. <laughs> it worked for two games. It did. Maldonado had a players-only meeting. They won two in a row. Now they've lost two in a row, and Paul wants to have a, our very own. Astros team meeting. It's Killer Bees broadcasting from Circa in Las Vegas. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. Ron Switch, switch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Galan Says on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Brandon. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. First, let me tell you about my friends at mybookie.ag. We're so close to the start of the football season. We got college football, I believe, like Next weekend? Hell yes. You want to put a little fun on top of that game? Why not go to mybookie.ag? Hell, you could be a real D-Gen. Maybe you watched Indianapolis last night in the preseason and you're looking at Anthony Richardson. You know what? If you go to mybookie.ag, you can have some fun while that game is going on because at mybookie.ag, there are so many fun ways to bet on football. Against the spread, you got money lines, you got totals, and on top of that, you can bet on a team to potentially win the Super Bowl. Are you someone who has the chutzpah, unlike some of these Astros fans we're talking about, to put some moolah on your Houston football team? Play Walker style. It's football time in Houston. They're 18,000 to 1 to win it all. That is crazy. It should be higher. Let's talk bonuses. Go to mybookie.ag. And at bonuses, you get a bonus if you, hey, are you? first timer if you are a second timer a reload bonus if you're an existing customer so hop on to mybookie.ag today start having fun and bet on anything anytime anywhere with mybookie.ag espn 97.5 and 92.5 is it football season yet job i don't want no job i want to play football you i want some feelings You know that stupid, overused phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, this proves that it doesn't stay there because you're listening to what's happening. Good point. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino, here are the killer bees nuts, Jeremy Branham and Paul Galland. BMAC absolutely loves that rejoin so much. Paul Gallant in for play. What, what's wrong with the D's nut joke? Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's the volume of it. 
Gotcha. I just did the Lance Armstrong like did, version. Did of that. Spence mail it in and I put together any other rejoins, or is it just like one of three? Ooh. Although one of three would be more touchdowns than he's had in his. If he had three rejoins, you, three rejoins would be more than the amount of touchdowns he had is, in his NFL career. This is bullying. You you have can me a lousy radio host that blows hot air be bullying a former NFL uh, player that is a Super Bowl champion? I mean, I don't think that could be. I don't think that exists. You've 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 wondered how much of a Super Bowl champion he is, and you've also well, I don't know if he played up, in that game. You, I don't know. <laughs> you the odds up, are that he didn't. You brought up the lack of touchdowns by him multiple times. One rushing, one receiving. <laughs> and it's just because of the D's nuts jokes. Well, I'm just saying he has he has more D's nuts jokes than he has touchdowns in his NFL career. <laughs> well, That's this, all I said. You this, detect a Lie. Over no the last lie two shows, you are correct. Yeah. Me and Spencer beefing right now. Seven, seven nut jokes to three touchdowns. It's, it's like every other rejoin. Here we go, Spence. <laughs> I know it's coming. You know what? You should play B-Mac for that as opposed to Spencer Till. <laughs> that's, not, that's not nearly as fun. Yeah, B-Mac behind the glass uh, doing all the hard work. You're shooting up. Yeah, I, mean, I like B-Mac. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Todd Callis will be joining us at 3.30 uh, in 11 minutes. He's... Slumming it up in Detroit. Who said it at four thirty? And then uh, five star in Vegas will be joining us at five fifteen. I've never been to. De- I, I've I've flown into Detroit and I got out of there as quickly as I could. They love. I went to East Lansing. Have you ever been to Detroit? They love to say it's. I getting hope nobody better. from Detroit is here. By the way, oh yeah, because we're like in this radio. We could See? be like sitting next to ESPN Detroit for all I know. They'll shoot you. It's fine though. You know? Just hand me a bottle of water. Right, like we're from Texas. Like, is that too soon? Quick drop. <laughs> we're being to it back. Um, although we ain't packing. We ain't packing right now. No, we pack in Texas. Uh, but the, we ain't packing here. The last, illegal, the last, the last resort and casino, Circa. Shout is out it? To them. I, I would think so. That's good to know. You know what? Um, Actually, <laughs> great question. I don't know. The the logic of the Astros missing the playoffs being good in the long term interest of the Astros. The last point that I wanted to get to: sacrificing Dusty Baker to miss the playoffs in order to move on from the manager, Dusty Baker. Look. I think that I critique Dusty Baker a lot. I get I get called a racist for my criticism of Dusty Baker. By who, Gary? Many people. Although I think that Dusty Baker, as a manager of the Houston Astros, has done a tremendous job. Like, look at the postseason success. Won a World Series last year. I think he's done a great job this year. The fact that they're one game out in the American League West with the injuries that you've had, the guys you've lost for the year, Jordan for 40 games, Altuve, four different injuries. Dusty's done a good job. Is Dusty immune from criticism? Absolutely not. But the idea that I want the Astros to miss the playoffs so we can move on from Dusty Baker is one of the worst takes that I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's strange the amount of people that act as if if you move on from Dusty Baker that the next thing is going to be better. You're going to be doing the same whining and complaining that you did about the lineup with A.J. Hinch that you're doing now. Like, the people that are really into the everyday lineup and how it's structured, you're going to be the exact same person with the next manager. And yeah. I don't know, who's the who's the best manager in baseball history? We go back in time and we get one of those guys from, like, the 1910s or the 1920s or something like that. Is, is there any manager where you would say, in this guy, I blindly trust? No. We're always going to question lineups. It's, it's baseball. It's it's if it's, you're it's part of baseball. If you're a diehard and and you feel like you know what you're talking about, you're going to be doing this all the time. Yeah, I I think it's the beauty of baseball. It's talking baseball. But yeah, the the idea of let's like, let's root for the Astros to miss the playoffs so we can move on from Dusty Baker is outrageous. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. All right, the Astros have lost two in a row. Yesterday, embarrassing fashion, seventeen one. Martin Maldonado was throwing forty eight mile per 
hours sweepers. Um, they lost the day before that in extra innings, a winnable game. Uh, Maldonado held a players-only meeting before the Red Sox series. Started out great. They yeah. won back-to-back games. They but did. since then, they've lost back-to-back games. And, Paul, you want to have your very own Astros yeah. team meeting. So what we've learned today is that the, the team meeting has a shelf life of two days. You know, certain foods, certain drinks – after a little bit of time, they're not quite what they are, you know? Yeah. You buy a, a, a ripe vine of bananas, well, guess what? A week later, they ain't going to look as appetizing, you know? <laughs> so, clearly, the Astros need to have another team meeting. This is, this is obvious. So, the real question is, one, how do we conduct the team meeting that we would have with players? Okay. And the other question is, how the hell do we, you know, grab the people that are starting to think about jumping off bridges or let's miss the playoffs on purpose because it serves some sort of like positive benefit for the Astros. I don't think we can. I think they might be a lost cause. They're lost. Okay. So we're flushing those people down the toilet. We're just, we're just getting rid of them. We're the, we're, if, if we were one of those people with a megaphone that's trying to stop them from jumping off the bridge, we're going to pull a Homelander and the boys and we're going to say, do it. <laughs> do it. No, I want you to do it. Just do it. We don't want you here anymore. So, okay. So if we're doing the Astros team meeting. Certain people are allowed to speak. Certain people aren't. Obviously, Dusty, uh, Dusty Baker, uh, it's players only, so he's out. So he's gone. Martin Maldonado, obviously he speaks. He is the fearsome leader of the Houston Yeah, Astros. he's the most important member of the Astros' 26-man roster. <laughs> Everyone knows Leadership's this. the most important thing. No doubt about it. doesn't matter if you can hit. doesn't matter <laughs> if you can catch. doesn't matter. Nothing matters, in fact, if we're really being honest. But to bring it back to that, who else gets to talk here? Jose Altuve, obviously. Sure. I, I don't know that Kyle Tucker is bringing the pep to the step. No, he's more the energy guy, right? He's more the vibes guy. He's Play, more has of the ox in the he, post game. I, I, I'd rather, yeah. I'd, well, I don't even know about that. Well, I, they say that he has the ox in the post game. They how say is he playing Jason Aldean. I think they all contribute. I think they, hey, Kyle, I want this song in the <laughs> post game celebratory songs. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, is, why is Kyle Tucker? Hold on a second. Uh-huh. Why is Kyle Tucker playing? Try that in a small town. Why, why did you go there with Kyle Tucker? I don't know. I'm just, I, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't know a thing about a thing, you know? I, I'm, just, I'm just. You and Jason Aldean with I'm Kyle pro, Tucker. I'm projecting. I think I'm you projecting. are. I think, it's, I think you're stereotyping Kyle Tucker a little bit right now. Well, listen, he's, he's a Florida guy like myself. <laughs> I'm with you, though. I don't, think, I don't think Tucker's like the voice in the room. I, I don't. Like, Altuve's no. certainly that guy. Molly's certainly that guy. I think Justin Verlander's that guy. And the reason, like, you wouldn't normally Can say. Can he be that guy, though, after he just came back and after the whole deal where he wasn't with the team for a year see normally no like normally a guy that you trade for 24 days ago is not going to be that guy but justin verlander has been with the astros since 2017 justin verlander is a hall of famer justin verlander sometimes people criticize me for this is the greatest starting pitcher in houston astro history. i agree with that if you're the greatest starting pitcher in houston astro history absolutely you have a voice even though you've only been with the team for the last three weeks yeah I, i'm with you by that on that by the way just a side note like we, we all love nolan ryan but nolan ryan's pitched for like five teams zero cy young zero world series as exactly. an astro Thank verlander you. has two, cy young, two world series a lot of, of strikeouts but you're right it, it, i mean i know that's controversial but i don't know if you're a pitcher and you had that thing i don't know i don't know if i can go there I don't, I don't know if I want to listen to that. You're not giving Verlander the leadership there? I, I think you're I think you're very <sighs> wrong there. No, I'm not. I'm not. How about, how about uh, okay, so we're, we're on, we, we disagree with Verlander, 713-780-3776. We agree on Atuve, we agree on Maldonado. Is Bregman, is Bregman someone you'd want to hear this year? <sighs> I think Bregman's kind of, I don't know if I want to say this because I bash say the sauce all the say time. It, do it, do it, do it. Oh, yeah, well, those. The, the, I don't know if Bregman's like the, the smartest dude. Whoa. I think he has like high baseball IQ. I think he's a, like a, he's a ball player. I, I think he's, he's a vibes like, guy. 
I think he's a vibes guy. I think he is a vibes guy. I think he's a vibes I'm, guy. I'm like, not going to say what you just is said. He the, is he like the leader in the clubhouse? <laughs> no, man. Just I, Bregman's not the – like Bregman gives me a bro hug on the sidelines of TDCU Stadium after he won a silver slugger. Like, like he, he's a vibes guy. I, I think, think Tucker's a vibes guy. I think if he was playing better, I'd be more willing to listen to Bregman. Now, he's, he's super solid. This year he, offensively, this year he's super inconsistent. Decent. And then defensively, he's been great. I, I think he's – if it weren't for Matt Chapman, he's gold glove in the American League. Like, defensively, he's been as steady as it comes. Offensively, what? super inconsistent. Roller coaster. Do I think he's a $30 million a year player? No. I think he's probably a 20 to $25 million a year player. I, I think he's someone you let walk. Oh, eventually. absolutely. Yeah. Especially at his age. He's going to be, what, 31, and 32? And especially with how Kyle Tucker's playing now. Like, you're going to spend so, uh, money on somebody. I mean, uh, you, you kind of have to keep Altuve, but – How about Jordan? Jordan leader. But here's the thing. I, do, how, this is something I really want to know because I'm sure he speaks English behind closed doors. How much, does, how much English does Jordan Alvarez speak? Because clearly he's very close with, he's close with everybody, and I, I think a lot of these guys, it's pretty convenient for them that they, that they, that they get to have an interpreter. Yeah. That's, not, that's not to say, that's not to say that like, they don't know what they're talking about or I anything feel like, like that. Jordan's I would love to have an interpreter as a shield if I was a baseball player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you actually want to talk to these guys? No. I would, yeah, I would do that all the no, time. No, no, no. I, I hope that the guy who is the Azure's interpreter is well-paid. I, I, I like that dude. Fromber um, always gives him dap after he... Have you ever did yeah. you notice that? No, like, no, Frommer, no. Frommer, after his starts, will talk to the media, and after he's done talking to me, he'll give him like on camera. Dad. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Maldonado gets to speak. Altuve gets to speak at the team meeting because the Astros uh, the team meetings only last two days. Does Chaz McCormick get to speak? No, Chaz is too dumb. Whoa! This is dingy, bro. No, I, I. You know what? Chaz, I think is, Chaz, Chaz is gets a, to speak. Chaz is, is playing well. Chaz is going to be like uh, you're, you're hating on Chaz because of his name. Chaz is going to be like, name no, no, it's not. Oh, my name's it's Chaz. Not. Clearly, I'm like Chaz. Chaz, and then, Chaz, and, uh, Chaz likes to lift heavy weights. Old school. And, like, be like, not us. Old school. He, he's, he's. I think he's got a box of rocks upstairs. I really do. I love Chaz McCormick. Okay, but I don't think Chaz McCormick is the the sharpest tool in the shed. Chaz is going to. You know what? Chaz man. is going to do at the team meeting. He's going to be like, let's go. That's what Chaz is going to do. Jeremy thinks every Astro is dumb. That's what we learned at this segment. Everyone, just Jake and Chaz. I think, I think Bregman has some issues. Yes, you just drive by. <laughs> 713-780-3776. broadcasting live from the circuit in Las Vegas. Todd Callis, the voice of the Houston Astros, will be joining us next. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. I'd be most worried about seeing my seminal vesicles. I like the Florida State seminal vesicles. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Branham and Paul Gallant. Paul, in for blankers. We are in Vegas at uh, Circa for their ultimate contest weekend. Joining us now on the HRMP guest line, the voice of the Houston Astros, Todd Callis. Todd, thanks so much for uh, spending a few minutes with us ahead of game one of the Astros in Detroit. Todd, you know, the last two games, not great. Let's be honest. You lose 17-1. to That never feels good. Winnable game in game three of that series that you lose in extra innings. Big picture, though, hey, you're a game back in the AL West, better than you were a week ago, and you're still one and a half up on Seattle for the playoffs. Things could be worse, right? I'm sorry, guys. Could you could you go again? I had a little all nice good, all good, there. TK. No problem. Well, thank you for joining us. We know we understand that you're traveling to Detroit, getting ready for Game One of the series against the Tigers. Last two games haven't been great. You, you lose 17 nope. to one; those never feel good. You, you lost in extra innings in Game Three, winnable game, 
But you look at the standings, only a game back in the AL West, game and a half up on Seattle, still in the postseason. Things could be a lot worse than they are right now. Yeah, they're, they're actually kind of lucky where they are, especially in, uh, where the Rangers have been lately, losing seven. Be a lot worse. They could be four or five, six back in the AL West. Instead, they're a game back. They're tied with Seattle, six points behind. Uh, now they have to take care of business on the road. They've actually played better on the road than they have at home this year for whatever reason. Uh, they come out here to Detroit. They've got a couple of days off. They play, actually played Wednesday after this. They had Wednesday night off and Thursday off. So uh, they'll be ready to go to the all right, we lost Todd. He's driving through a tunnel in Detroit. Didn't know those existed there, but apparently he is. You've got to watch out on those roads at Detroit as well. you got to watch out. Have what? you been to Detroit? No. I thought I asked you that earlier. But I'm just saying, no. you just got to watch out, though. It's the, it's, that's where the brotherhood of muscle is. He's not driving. Every, I don't know. It's, I, I, I sounded, sounded, listen, if you're in the car, I'm just saying. It does feel like Detroit would be one of the locations in the Fast and Furious franchise. And we've obviously had Vin Diesel narrate a couple of commercials for Ford based in, of course, Detroit and saying, welcome to the Brotherhood of Muscle. So, What are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just filibustering, man. You know, it's kind of – it is funny, though. Like, TK, like, for the very little that we did here, because I think we heard 5% of what he said – talked about the Astros being lucky. Like, the Astros aren't playing good right now, but the Rangers can't win a baseball game. No. Like, Seattle's hot, but Toronto's not doing anything that's, like, jumping on on you. Like, like they're not being – they're not they're not chasing. They're, they're chasing, but they're not over. They're not able to uh, overtake you right now in the standing. So, you're a game back in the American League West. I understand you're in third, technically, because Seattle has the tiebreaker. But you're a game and a half of Toronto, not Seattle, like I said. Like, you're, you're in a somewhat decent spot. And we've brought this up before, and, and TK is back with us. And I, I think one of the good things for the Astros right now, I, I don't know how much I subscribe to those probability charts that they put out there, but yeah. right now the Astros do have the highest probability to win the American League West. And, and TK, if you take a look at the schedules that specifically Seattle's going to have, uh, in a couple of weeks, and of course Texas down the stretch where the two teams play one another. I think that's the biggest edge for the Astros as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Yeah, it's both a, a blessing and a curse for the Mariners that they have the last 10 games against the team that they're battling in the division. Because You're right, seven games against Texas, three against Houston down the stretch. You could make or break your season as long as you're anywhere close in that division. So um, it's going to be a real battle. Uh, sorry about that technical issue. The phone kept switching between my AirPods and the phone itself. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a three-team race down the stretch. I think the Rangers need to try and figure some things out lately. They have been on the wrong side of the last seven games. I think they're going to have a tough time tonight again with Sonny Gray on the mound for the Twins. So, you know, hopefully the Astros can win tonight and at the end of the night. Uh, if the Twins can beat the Rangers again and move that losing streak to eight, they could be tied for first. So uh, it's going to be a fun last five weeks, that's for sure. Todd Callis joining us on the HRP guest line and very obvious it's the worst we've seen of JP France. Um, a little surprised by that with has with as well as he's been pitching over the course of quite frankly the the entire season. Are you confident that was a one off from JP France last night? I hope so. I mean the guy's been so good all year long. He's been by far the most consistent starter for the Astros, but uh, it just doesn't it wasn't working yesterday from the start. I mean that first inning home run was just uh, a little bit of a glimpse of what was to come. He just couldn't get uh, any pitches that the Red Sox weren't keying off on. He wasn't getting ahead of hitters. Uh, he wasn't necessarily spotting his fastball. There were a couple of times he and Yiner Diaz had a little communication issue with the pitch comm. So whatever could go wrong did go wrong for JP, and it went wrong in a bad way. I mean, 10 runs, you can't overlook that. That's just a bad day. So hopefully 
Uh, it is a one-off. He's been so good. 11 of his previous 12 starts have been quality starts. You just chalk that one up to one of those days. The only problem is it looks like JP's going to have to try and figure it out the next start against the same team. So uh, he'll get those same Red Sox back at Fenway, and hopefully uh, it'll be a different result. Todd Callis with us right now. TK, I got a kick. You mentioned Yonder Diaz just a moment ago out of Dusty Baker's comments about the ongoing debate that we who follow the Astros every single day seem to be having about Martin Maldonado versus Yiner Diaz, where he said, I think you'll be thanking me for the way that I've handled Yiner Diaz this season. What did you make of those comments? Well, Dusty has always been a guy that believes in veterans and sticks with his veterans and is loyal uh, to a fault with his veterans. You can go back to last year with Yuli when he was struggling. Uh, he never really wavered off of playing Yuli all the way down the stretch, and then Yuli ended up having uh, a nice postseason for them. So it's just kind of the, the M.O. when Dusty's in that chair making the decisions is he's always going to defer to his veteran. So uh, you can look at any numbers you want to, and it, and it seems uh, from a fan's perspective that Yiner Diaz should get more of an opportunity to catch games than he does. Uh, but Dusty is always going to uh, default to his veteran guy, Martin Maldonado, has been through the ringer with a lot of these pitchers in the past, and uh, that's the way Dusty likes it. You won't see Fromber pitch to uh, Yiner Diaz. You won't see Justin Verlander pitch to Yiner. We saw Yiner catch Christian Javier one game. We'll see if that happens again, but uh, he'll probably still be getting just the young guys, either J.P. France or Hunter Brown, uh, and I think you're going to still see Maldonado getting the brink, the brink of the starts just because uh, that's the way Dusty's always been. He has always been loyal to his veterans. Speaking of uh, Javier TK, we talked about this last week. Astros are doing kind of the, the hybrid five-man, six-man rotation where they're catering to, and rightfully so. You're catered to Justin Verlander. He's a Hall of Famer. You absolutely should. Framber Valdez, a, a guy who's capable of being a Cy Young type of guy. You can understand why Dusty's doing it. It looks like the, the guy that's going to have a, a, a turn skipped in the rotation this week is Christian Javier. And it, it might come at a good time, TK. I don't, I don't disagree at all. I mean, um, we saw France, we saw Brown Hunter Brown, we saw Jose Arquiti all get turns in the bullpen. Not sure if Javier is going to get a turn in the bullpen or not. We'll find out here in just a little while from Dusty. He obviously isn't starting Sunday, which would be his normal turn in the six-man rotation. It's going to be Justin Verlander here in Detroit, which you can kind of see coming. Uh, Verlander's a guy who grew up here. You know he wants to pitch here. He gets to face Miguel Cabrera potentially for a final time if, if Miguel's in the lineup on Sunday. So um, I get it from that point. Of you and I think for Javier, uh, where he's been lately, that it wouldn't be a bad thing to see him uh, maybe miss a turn and get a couple of innings out of the bullpen, or at least get pushed back and not start again uh, again until the Boston series. So uh, we'll see how they handle it, but he's definitely not going to start uh, this weekend in Detroit. Well, TK, you're in Detroit, and as somebody who uh, grew up when I was in high school in St. Pete, actually watching you on the Rays broadcast, and on top of that, you know, Syracuse man like myself, you know, just an expert <laughs> broadcaster. I know, I know you traverse the land. You know, listen, I just wanted to flex a little bit. You know, <laughs> you know this is my first time talking to Todd, but. Uh, What's your favorite thing to do in Detroit? As so, I, I've never been. Jeremy's never been. Everyone always says, you know, Detroit, it's on the rise again. Is there a thing that you enjoy doing the most when you travel to Detroit? So it's actually a pretty good setup for us. We don't stay downtown. We stay out in, in a suburb in Birmingham. But the downtown Detroit area has started to build up over the last few years. It used to be There used to be not a lot of, around here to do back in the day, but uh, now they have an MGM casino down here. They have oh. a few other restaurants and places to hang out downtown to the point where some teams are having some of their people stay downtown as opposed to staying out in Birmingham or 
or other suburbs of Detroit. But uh, the team now stays out in a suburb called Birmingham, which is this cool little town. It's got shops, restaurants, uh, nightlife. It's kind of got a, a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of a drive from Detroit, so it takes a little while to get back and forth on the bus. But uh, it's a really cool stop along the way. But downtown Detroit... I would say in the 90s and early 2000s, I wouldn't have recommended it as highly, but downtown Detroit has really picked up here in the last few years. All right. It's good to know. It's good to know. Todd, we always appreciate the time. Uh, Have a good call tonight. Game one of the series against the Tigers. Thanks, guys. Always good talking to you. I'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Todd Callis, voice of the Houston Astros. Our conversations, as always, brought to you by Academy and the Daspit Law Firm. We'll talk to TK again next Friday. Paul, who are the best running backs in the NFL? Listener, who is the best? Who are the best running backs in the NFL? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Live from Las Vegas in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at the Circa Resort and Casino, here now are the two squeaky clean hosts who never drink or gamble, Paul Gallant and Jeremy Branham. Paul and I are straight edge. We are broadcasting live. So I see a cigar on your table. Uh, Paul and I are broadcasting live. It's Paul in for. This isn't beer. I mean, I got it for you. I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> so duels. <laughs> Why do people drink that? You know what? It's a great question because beer doesn't taste good. I mean, it's. it's I, I disagree. The first time. Is it's, it the best it, tasting thing you can have? Probably not. Beer is refreshing, but does beer taste good? I think it does. The right the right beers taste good. I love a I mean it also depends on like setting. Like after I mow the grass, one of my favorite things to do in the world, because when I drink it's general bed, but sometimes it's other things. Uh, the best thing to do after you mow the grass is to have a corona. I think a corona after you mow the grass is one of the best tasting things Family. you can have. Yeah, Dom Toretta would be proud of you for that. But the thing <laughs> is, the first time you have a beer, did you think it tasted good? No. Exactly. It's an acquired taste. That's what I mean. It's an acquired taste. I, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. Uh, contrary to what Spencer Tillman said there, I do actually, get this, enjoy a drink or two. Shocking. But it doesn't taste good the first time. It, it doesn't taste good. So you, I think that's a great question that you ask. I suppose it's a sense of familiarity for those who are perhaps it's no pro- longer yeah. drinking. It's probably what you have if you have a problem, right? Yeah. It's like if you have a drinking problem and, like, one way to cope is that you drink non-alcoholic beer. It's a, it's a I think weaning off process. I think that's the audience. I think that's the demographic. Right. I, I really do. I, yeah. I really do. Uh, Paul, where do you think Damian Pierce ranks amongst the best running backs in the NFL? It's interesting, too, because this, this year's offense should be heavy run influence mm-hmm. with Slowick and rookie quarterback, offensive line that's good. Where would you put Damian Pierce compared to the rest of the NFL? So this is interesting because – I've listened to a couple of football podcasts as we get closer and closer to the season that are talking about fantasy football drafts. And from the sound of things, Damian Pierce is not going very early. So I'm going to assume that he is ranked 12th. I have not seen a list that has been put together as far as where he's ranked. I don't think that's nearly high enough. Um, But that's my assumption. And Jeremy is shaking his head I'm I'm calling BS. I'm calling BS that you didn't see this. I swear, I haven't just, clicked on the you, link. You nailed it. I nailed it? Damian Pierce. That is, 12th is NFL.com, they have their top running. And Maurice Jones-Drew is always a little quirky with his list. But he has Damian Pierce as the 12th best running back in the NFL. Okay, let's let's see what range <laughs> he is in. 
All right, so you want the two in front of him, the two behind him? I want, yes, yes. Najee Harris is 10, J.K. Dobbins is 11, Pierce is 12, Javante Williams coming off the ACL is 13, Brees Hall coming off the ACL is 14. You don't like Dobbins? Dobbins is solid. I don't know what to think about Dobbins. If I'm being complete, uh, we talked about this yesterday. I play hundreds of fantasy football leagues. Mm -hmm. I'm invested into skill position players in the NFL. Ask me the offensive line of the New York Giants, I'm not going to have a clue. Ask me the secondary of the Washington Commanders, not going to have a clue. I am well-versed with skill position players in the NFL, and one of the hardest guys to read for me of skill position guys in the NFL is J.K. Dobbins. Doesn't that tell you exactly what you need to know about Dobbins? The injuries is kind of like a mystery. That's not a Greg Roman offense anymore. That's a great point. And Todd Monk is in charge. So I they're going to throw it a lot? They will throw it more. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm actually, I'm actually excited about that because I want to see Lamar Jackson prove a lot of people that think he's not capable of throwing wrong. I, I, watch, him at Lu- I, watch, I watch him at Louisville. I, I think I he is. raised my hand. I, I saw that. I, I think he is capable of throwing. I think he gets a lot of guff. I think he's very talented. Uh, we'll see, of course, this year. I think this offense is going to be geared a little bit more, more towards him. But it seemed like everyone in Baltimore was frustrated with that offense. But to bring it back to Damian Pierce. Right. There is a skill in being able to run through contact and drag through contact. And there aren't that many running backs in the NFL today that are on Pierce's level like that. I don't think Pierce is quite Nick Chubb. I think Chubb is the best at that, and you take a look at Chubb's numbers. You've got to throw Henry into that conversation, too. One more time, Derrick Henry. You got Der- oh, well, obviously, you, you got to put him like he a little long in the tooth, but you still he's still in that conversation. Henry, if you if Henry gets to the outside on you, you're effed. Still, he's hard to tackle he, in space because he's it, a massive human being. In 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 between the tackles, I will say Henry's a little overrated. Wow. Okay. Because it, it's if you notice, and, and I remember there, I think it was a game against the Cardinals at the beginning of 2021 where he had a couple of goal to go situations and he got stuffed at the goal line every single time. I might be for remembering the team that they were playing wrong, but. Henry, when he gets to the outside, is where he's uh, most dangerous. Pierce, despite an offensive line last year that had a lot of issues up the middle, was, I thought, truly incredible. And you notice it from the get-go. And I think maybe the reason that he's not being put into that top 10, top 8 conversation is because of questions about him as a receiver. But I don't think he's a great receiver. I don't don't think he's a good receiver, actually. You know what? Jeremy, I don't know what he is, and and I say this as a guy who roots for the Florida Gators and watches most of their games every Saturday. Like the fact that this guy is a third or fourth round pick is entirely an indictment on Dan Mullen, who was the head coach of the Florida Gators and supposedly a guy who knows what he's doing offensively. They didn't use him, so I, I wonder about Pierce's ability as a receiver, and I do wonder this season too in terms of production. Now that they actually have a running back who's not Rex Burkhead and not Daria Bungawale. And Devin, and, and Devin Singletary, which is a massive upgrade over those two, which they had last year as far as your backup running backs. Um, I wonder what his touch level is going to be. I wonder how many, uh, as, as you said. I, I do have questions about him as a receiver. But I, I think in terms of you hand the ball off to him and you're expecting the guy to give you yards, there are very few in the NFL that I, I would trust more than, than Pierce. And I, I think two of the guys that we mentioned, Chubb and Henry, are, are, are among two of them. I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head right. that have that kind of drag-through tackler kind of ability. Maybe Ramondre Stevenson with the New England Patriots. See, they had Stevenson below Damian Pierce on this list. I think they had, St- I think they had Stevenson <laughs> 14th. 
No, they had him 15th. They had Maurice Jones-Drew played running back, and I, I got to say, this list sucks. I thought Ramondre Stevenson being 15th was the biggest crime in this list. 15th is I, I think, insane. I think Stevenson's a top 10 running back. I agree with that. I think he's a top 10 running he's, back. He is the Patriots offense right now. I think he's really good. Uh, Damian Pierce at 12, to me, seems fair. Uh, I... Like, what do we know with Damian Pierce in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield? I agree with you that we don't have a lot of intel on that because he was never really asked to do that at Florida, really mm-hmm. wasn't asked to do that last year. From what I've seen, like the limited, and it is a small sample size, the limited things that I've seen from Damian Pierce when the ball gets thrown his way, I would be happy if Damian Pierce is average as a receiving back out of the backfield. If he's average, I think that's a huge win. For, for Damian Pierce. Oh, I think it's a huge win for C.J. Stroud, too, because sure. uh, here's the big problem for Stroud this year is that you're not going to have receivers that are capable of separating, I, I think, to the degree that you want. I would disagree with Tank. I think Tank can separate. But I don't know that we're going to see a lot of Tank early on, just given the way that the depth chart is. I would agree with that. So I, I feel like the spot that you're in at this moment in time with the Texans – you want Pierce to be a great receiver because I, I think he's going to be checking the ball down a lot. And, and I think some people are going to get frustrated if Stroud checks the ball down. But I think with the offense under Bobby Slowick, you're looking for guys to get the ball too quickly who can make things happen in space. And, I mean, if Pierce is capable as a receiver, there are, very again, few guys who I believe have the ability to run through tacklers in the NFL like Pierce. I would agree with that. Truly in terms of, like, a power back, I think Damian Pierce is really good. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think 12 is fair? For Damian no, Pierce. that's a terrible ranking. And you have them like too high or too low. Maurice Jones-Drew shouldn't be allowed to blog anymore. But which way? Oh, that's way too. Long. I think Maurice Jones-Drew stinks as a as a running back uh, analyst, like a, an analyst. analyst. But that's I too low. I don't know if twelve's too low. That's though. too like, low. McCaffrey, you know, McCaffrey's better. Yeah, Henry's better. Chubb's better. Eckler's better. Jacobs I don't know. Is better. I I I don't know about Eckler. I, I I think Eckler Eckler is a fantasy is a fantasy numbers guy. I don't know that Eckler is like truly special in the way that he's kind of made out to be. I, I think he's great in terms of like versatility. Right. I think that might be why he's vaulted above is because we've seen him score a ton of touchdowns and, More and of catch a the ball a lot. Play. And I I can uh, I can hear you with that, especially with what I think the Texans' offense is going to try to be. Mm-hmm. Like, do I think Damian Pierce is a better fit than Austin Eckler in a Bobby Slowick offense for what I anticipate it's going to be? Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. Uh, I do. You, you, you mentioned Jacobs. Jacobs is another guy that's in that conversation of guys that, who can drag people and who, He's who, power guy. who, who are See, power guys. What makes Jacobs, I think, kind of special is that he can catch the ball in the backfield, too. Like, he's a power oh, guy yeah. and can he's also catch. Guy. Yeah, I think Jacobs is really, really good. Now, I do think at times Jacobs could be unmotivated and kind of disappear at times. And I'm curious to see what that looks like in 2023. Uh, I mean, I can tell he's definitely not thrilled with his situation. Right. And I could see Vegas. him being uh, – now, it's kind of it's, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth because I could see him not being thrilled with the situation here in Vegas, but at the same time, he has to play well to get paid. His numbers last and season I think, were insane, yeah, though. I mean, usually he's looking, I mean, you're looking at, what, 2,000 total yards? I mean, yeah, he, he, was, he was awesome absurd. last year. Pierce isn't better than Barkley. He's, uh, Barkley is very boomer bust. Barkley is one of those guys who, who – when he when he makes an explosive play, you're like, yes, this is what I get in him. But there are a lot of plays where it's just one yard. Yeah, that's true. So but, I mean, Damian Pierce had some stinkers last year too. Damian Pierce yeah. had some twelve carry, fourteen yard. No games doubt. Well. But I think with with Barkley, it is on Barkley a little bit. Where with Pierce, I think that you can blame the offensive line. I would hundred percent blame the offensive line. Kamara, I don't know what to make of Kamara in twenty three because they they drafted Miller and then Kamara also has Kamara, the suspension. Kamara is still top five. Taylor. Ta- I think so. Taylor fully healthy is top three. Like, Taylor's ahead of Damian Pierce. Tony Pollard in I, Dallas is interesting. I, I think he's ahead of Pollard. 
I like Pollard, but I think I mean Pollard's coming Pollard's off that ankle, kind of the ankle, ankle injury mix too. Like he's kind of like the the Eckler mold more than he is a Pierce yeah. Mold. I, I I think of the guys that you listed. I don't know if you can have him ahead of top twelve though, because you, you really... I think he's I think he's I think he's seven or eight. I, I think he's wow. better. I think he's better than. Um, uh, you said Eckler, Eckler and I think Pollard. he's I think he's better than Paul. How about Najee Harris? I think he's better than Najee Stevenson. I think Ramondre Stevenson's better than him. I do too. All right, seven one three seven eight. But not by much. ESPN. I, I see. I don't think Damian Pierce is a top ten running back. You you think you he is? Not to, uh, I no, I, I think I he. I think he is. I think he's on. He is special as a run break the as a tackle cusp breaker. Of being a top ten running back, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. He is, he is going to be this team's offense this year. He's right. really going to go as he goes. That's true. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN is Damian Tier or Damian Pierce top ten running back. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six Texans at four coming up next. Eleven shows left <laughs> until the Houston Texans kick off the regular season against the Baltimore Ravens. What's the biggest need for the Texans they can address right now before Week One? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the best sports radio station in Houston. I've got to prove that I'm the best, and I'm racing no matter what you tell me. Huh?